Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Roan, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things that I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains. Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry, but most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. So... As most of you know, I listen to and read a lot of Brene Brown's work. I didn't even really start until maybe a year ago. My mom sent me her book called Dare to Lead uh, or told me to order it or some one of one of those two because I just gotten a promotion and I was wanting to learn more about leadership and kind of, you know, my role was expanding into more of a leadership role. So I just wanted to, you know, I was talking to her about kind of my, you know, um, my not concerns, but my, I was nervous about, you know, about this new role. So anyways, I ordered this book and well, lo and behold, this took me on a journey through her work, all of her books. And then I found her podcasts and her other books and was, and was ultimately like what gave me that little push to start blogging and eventually create this podcast, this one that you're listening to right now. So I, I just, this really was this big kind of melting pot last, mm, towards the tail end of 2020 um, like coming into the fall of 2020, there was something in me that kind of snapped. Um, it might've been like this terrible ending of this relationship <laughs> of this, like boy I was dating, but that ended. And of course I'm like, you know, I think it's so funny, you know, it's great how women end a relationship or some sort of a situationship and we bounce back my goodness, do we, we come out of a relationship or some situation glowing. So yeah, between my divorce and a couple of, you know, a couple failed situations, I bounced the fuck back. And so anyways, so this Brene Brown's work was kind of all in this like melting pot of self-work that I was doing and trying, you know, my career was kind of expanding and it really was her work and primarily that gave me the push to not start the brand in the podcast, but what I was going to cover in the brand and the podcast and the idea of vulnerability and the idea of living authentically and the idea of sharing my story with other people. Um, so much of her work is about storytelling. I mean, the back of her book, the, the, uh, gifts of imperfection reads owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, 
but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy. The experiences that make us the most vulnerable only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, will we discover the infinite power of our light. I mean, right. So diving into her literature and reading things like this and listening to her podcasts, along with all the other reading and self-work and research and therapy, yada, yada, that I have been doing over the last year, it's about time I did a little episode on some of my takeaways, right? Before I dive into what the hell I'm going to be doing here, I want to read her, uh, her description so that for those who aren't familiar with her can feel a little more, a little more connected. Cause I know in, whenever I bring someone on, I always kind of have them, you know, tell their journey, you know, up until now. And I'm going to be referencing a lot of her work from this book, the gifts of imperfection. And this is the, the base of this little three-part series that I'm doing right now. So um, just to give a little, a little intro intro on into Brene Brown, if you aren't familiar with her, she is a research professor at the University of Houston, where she holds the Huffington Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. She is also a visiting professor in management at the University of Texas at Austin McComb School of Business. Brene has spent the last two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and is the author of five number one New York Times bestsellers, The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, Braving the Wilderness, and her latest book, Dare to Lead, which is actually the one that I started with. The cumulation where, see, now I'm like, I lost my place. There you go. The cumulation of a seven-year study on courage and leadership is what, the, is what Dare to Lead comes from. Her TEDx talk, The Power of Vulnerability, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world with more than 50 million views. She's also the first researcher to have a filmed lecture on Netflix, The Call to Courage special, debuted on the streaming service on April 19th, 2019. Brene Brown lives in Houston, Texas with her husband, Steve. They have two children, Ellen and Charlie. So that's from her, you know, her little, her little bio in uh, the back of the, of her book, uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. So I am so grateful for the connection that I am able to feel and get through blogging and through podcasts. I, over the last couple of years, have really been diving into listening more to, um, you know, audiobooks and listening to podcasts, and I get so much inspiration from them. So, in the next three episodes, I'm going to kind of be mirroring the episodes that. Brene did with her sisters over the summer while taking in another dive into this book, The Gifts of Imperfection. This book actually came out 10 years ago, but she did a 10th anniversary edition with some new tools added to it based on another decade of research. So in this book, there are 10 guideposts for wholehearted living. 
basically 10 acts to let go of and what to try to cultivate in their place. All really how to live a remarkable, vulnerable, and wholehearted life. So (laughs) I took the wholehearted living quiz, which is like my attachment style quiz, basically like things that I know about myself, right? But seeing it like put out in bullets on a, seeing you rated is a whole other thing. So this basically rated me on where I fall in each of these guideposts closer to what I need to let go of or closer to cultivating the opposite of that, right? Like basically where am I at in this journey of letting go of something and cultivating, you know, something else. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to go through each of these 10 guideposts and talk about where I fall in each one of them and all of the shit baggage that is included in all of these. So yeah, it's going to get, it's going to get real. Like, no, yeah. Like none of my other episodes have gotten into some real shit. So week one today, I'll be going over guideposts one through three, which are letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity, letting go of perfectionism and cultivating self-compassion. And guidepost three is letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating a resilient spirit. Next week, week two, I'll be going over um, guideposts four through seven, which are uh, four is letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark and cultivating gratitude and joy. Guidepost six, there is no, uh, or there's, I'm sorry, there's no um, five. So it goes four, six, and seven. Guidepost six is letting go of comparison and cultivating creativity. And then guidepost seven is letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth and cultivating play and rest. And then the final week, the last week, week three, I'll go over eight through 10, which is guidepost eight is letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle and cultivating calm and stillness. Guidepost nine is letting go of self-doubt and supposed to and cultivating meaningful work. And guidepost 10 is letting go of being cool and always in control and cultivating laughter, song, and dance. So yeah, we got a lot of shit to cover. So let's just jump right into it. Interestingly enough, guidepost one, which is letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity is actually the one that I scored the highest in. So Basically, this is the one where I'm closest to cultivating what I need to be cultivating um, than any of the other guideposts. Let me see. Yes. So this is really interesting for me, like really interesting because cultivating authenticity is something that I honestly haven't started doing really, really doing. Um, I didn't start doing it until I got sober. So 
when I stopped drinking, I I've said this before. It was kind of like meeting myself for the first time. Right. So this sense of belonging, I had never, I had never really had before. So when I stopped drinking and really started to sit with myself, actually, you know, for the first time, and I started really practicing yoga meditation and mindfulness practices, I started to meet myself. And so I've been able in sobriety because I don't have all of that extra shit substance kind of clouding my, myself. I don't have that screen over anymore. I've been able to figure out who I am actually, you know, and who really, really, really deep down who and what I want. I also think my divorce plays a really big part in this because I was right pretty newly sober and then separated and divorced. And I really had to learn from the ground up how to be and realize that I am imperfect and how to set boundaries and really allow myself to be open and vulnerable because that was fucking shitty. (laughs) So I'm like, really, I'm like, I'm looking at this like, oh, hell yeah, go shell. Um, It's really tough for me to let go of what other people think. So it's funny because there's another guidepost that, uh, which one is that one? Comparison. So letting go of comparison and cultivating creativity, which I'll get into, that's guidepost six. I'm pretty low in that one. I'm definitely farther to the side of comparison than I am to creativity. So right. There's a difference between, you know, what other people think of me and comparing myself to other people. So it's like, it's interesting. I'm letting go of what other people think of me. Like, I don't really give a shit what you think about me. I'm going to be myself and I'm bringing myself and all of me to the table. Take it or leave it. Um, but I also compare myself to other people. So we'll dive into that more when we get to that guidepost. But that was an interesting kind of revelation in this. Um, Brene Brown's in her book, she has three little bullets of um, what choosing authenticity means. So this this is work. This is practice. Letting go of what other people think and cultivating authenticity is it's like a muscle. It, you got to work all of these things. You have to practice them. So she has here that choosing authenticity means cultivating the courage to be imperfect, to set boundaries, and to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, exercising the compassion that comes from knowing that we are all made of strength and struggle, and nurturing the connection and sense of belonging that can only happen when we believe that we are enough. So, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, this is really 
what I, I mean, when I say I work at this every day, I really fucking mean it. I, through me telling my own story and through hearing the stories of other people kind of, you know, over the last couple of years and really sitting back and understanding that we're all connection, we're, we're all connection. We're all connected. We all have struggled. Every single person has struggled in some way or another. And we all have strength from that. So that connection to other people and that connection to yourself, having those two, separating those two, bringing those two together, realizing that we are all enough. You are enough right now. That is something that I have really, really been trying to work on. And that is how you can live authentically is understanding that you are enough. You are imperfectly perfect. And we are meant to be vulnerable and we are meant to set boundaries and we are meant to be happy and fulfilled and to be loved. And so all of that is really something I've got. I mean, shit, I got to remind myself a lot of those things. Um, and it's also uncomfortable, right? When you walk into a room and you're like, this is me, this is who I am now. I know, especially after when I stopped drinking, I know, right. I'm walking into a room. I'm like, this is me now. I am now this person, which is is different than who I was four, five, six years ago. Um, that is, that can be really nerve wracking to do, to bring yourself wholly and completely forward. Um, I put a lot of shit, I put a lot of shit on the internet. Like look at all this stuff that I've been through and how kind of messed up my mind can be sometimes. But in doing that, in sharing my story and in talking through some of these things, it's how I can, it's, it teaches me, it's practicing being okay with it and being able to understand that I'm enough and that my story is enough. So I'm like, how fucking yeah, so I of course I, I still care a little bit about what people think I do. Like I want, you know, like I want to walk out the door and I want people to think that I look pretty, you know, like I definitely, I want people at work to think that I'm smart, <laughs> but I think I've really put in a lot of work in this specific area and shit. It shows because this fucking quiz told me that I, that I'm doing good. Okay. The second guy, <laughs> the second guy post, which is, um, letting go of perfectionism and cultivating self-compassion. I did the worst. This is my <laughs> lowest one. This is my lowest one. And I know, I know I'm a fucking perfectionist. I am. I really, really, really struggle with this and it shows. And it's something that I'm, I actively really am working on because it's not like striving to be my best. It's not healthy. It's like 
I have to be perfect and look perfect and act perfect and have the perfect job and have the right amount of money and the perfect life and the, you know, and then that's how I will be chosen, which comes full circle. I think that this really stems for me from my, my childhood growing up and my relationship with my dad. So I have a lot of feelings of, you know, I wasn't chosen as a kid. And I also like, I didn't have any control. And so growing up, then I felt like, right. I didn't have enough control in certain circumstances and certain situations. I didn't have control. Oh my God, my dog. No, don't worry. It's not like I'm doing in the middle of something here or anything. Go ahead. (laughs) So I feel like growing up because I didn't see my dad that often, I only saw him a couple weeks out of the year. And because we moved around a lot, I think that I have a really big problem with feeling like I need to be chosen. You know, I didn't feel like my dad chose me growing up because we, I didn't see him very often. I didn't, sometimes I didn't really know the next time that I was going to see him. It happened every year, but it was, you know, it was up in the air exactly when that would be. So I never really knew like when I was going to see him and I never felt like he really picked me, like he chose me. And then with that, with constantly moving, I was just constantly trying to find something that I could control, something that I had power over. And so I feel like that control of something mixed with that, like, feeling like I needed to be chosen, like bred this horridly unhealthy level of perfectionism. Also not really fitting anywhere. I, I always felt like I needed to be the perfect person for the situation that I was in because I never really fit anywhere. So I tried extra hard to be really, really perfect for everyone. So this is hard. This is hard for me. Um, and I'm working on it. I really am. I'm working on being kind to myself and showing myself the same compassion that I show other people. I pride myself on being a really great friend. I'm a great friend. I'm a great family member. I'm a great coworker. I'm a great boss. All of these things I'm really great at. And I'm so, I feel really compassionate towards other people and empathetic towards other people. I need to work on feeling that same way towards myself and not having such a negative view about myself because that negative view is what then breeds my perfectionism, right? It's like when I'm totally opposite of being self-compassionate towards myself and I'm really critical about what I look like 
I'm really critical about what I weigh, um, how much I'm working, what I'm doing in my free time. I can be, I mean, then I'll like, it just turns up a notch and then I'm like dressing, you know, to the nine every single day. And I'm waking up at four to go for a run and I'm eating like a thousand calories a day so that I can have that perfect body. You know, I'm like passing out in the middle of the afternoon. And so it's, it can be deadly. And I really, I think that perfectionism is, it's, it's so addictive because of then the, the attention that we get back. Right. When I'm at my fucking peak of perfectionism. So, right. I'm waking up at the ass crack of dawn. I'm in the gym. So my body looks fucking amazing. Right. Cause I'm also starving myself. So my body looks fucking incredible. I'm lean. I am working 14, 16 hours a day. I'm like making it to all the dinners. I'm making it. I'm taking care of everyone else when I'm doing all of that. People are looking at me and they're like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And I, it, it feeds into that. It's like, because I'm fucking perfect. Well, no, bitch, you're going <laughs> to, you can't even fucking move. Like, you know, you can't survive like this. So this is my, this is my lowest, this is my lowest one. I need to work on waking up in the morning and telling myself, you know, it says it in here this last, this last section of this guidepost to get going. Um, sometimes it helps me to wake up in the morning and tell myself today, I'm going to believe that showing up is enough. So <laughs> that one is, uh, I'm not, not agreeing with that one. I'm that's tough for me. That's my lowest one which also makes me kind of sad because I have so much compassion and kindness and love for everybody else. I'm not great at feeling that for myself. Cause I think that a lot of people view perfectionism as like narcissism almost, or maybe it's just me that kind of has had that view in the past of like perfectionists are full of themselves. They love themselves. So they're, you know, they do all of these things for themselves when the reality I feel like is the opposite, at least for me, I, my perfectionism comes from me not loving myself and me feeling really terrible, you know, about who I am and just like not feeling good. So I feel like I need to amp it up and be perfect. And that that's the only way that someone would love me or choose me is if I'm perfect. So, but I'm enough. I am enough and you are enough. We are all enough. So um, that's guidepost too. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Lighthearted. <laughs> um, okay. The third one, the last one that I want to cover today is letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating a resilient spirit. I am actually pretty high on this one as well. I think it maybe is my second highest one. Yeah, it's my second highest one. So it's the one 
one lower than that first one, which is letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity. So letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating a resilient spirit. I am intrigued that I'm really high at this. Um, and I think that it is, I can take this and make it a bad thing because of, of me personally, how I do this resilient spirit, not having a resilient spirit. It's how I have a, res- how I show a resilient spirit. So I think that I've let go a lot of that numbing and that powerlessness after I stopped drinking. I also think that I have always been really naturally good at this because I had to be very resilient growing up. Um, There was a lot of unknowns in my childhood, um, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of moving, just a lot of unknowns. And so I had to be very resilient at a very young age to be strong for myself. And so I think knowing that, you know, that awareness of kind of what's going on in my surroundings and, you know, feeling that I have the, I can have the power in myself to make it out of this. I think that's something that I just, I, I feel like I got that at a, at a young age. Um, I also have let go of numbing through, um, my drinking and substance abuse. So when I stopped drinking, when I stopped using, uh, that big neon numbing sign was like finally shoved in my face of, you've been numbing out a lot of this shit for a long time. And I don't think I ever felt powerless about it, but I definitely numbed it. Uh, cause it just, a lot of it was too much for me to feel. It was too much for me to handle. So coming out of that, I feel like I really am more conscious of my numbing behaviors and that that's something that I turn to that, uh, it says it in this book, taking the edge off behaviors is related to addiction, right? So I struggle with addiction. So I'm always going to kind of in the back of my mind, have that take the edge off behavior flash in the back of my mind of even though it might not be able to be alcohol or drugs anymore, I still have that kind of like, if something comes up and it's too hard, my first reaction is to numb it, right? Numb. Nope. Shut it off and just completely shut it off. Distract myself, um, binge watch, eat, um, you know, do 
something to go <laughs> call some man or some woman <laughs> to distract myself. Those are my take the edge off behaviors. It's completely related to addiction. So now that I've kind of gotten a, a grasp on that as a big part of who I am, I think it's a lot easier for me to understand that like, okay, I have a very resilient spirit in the past. It's been resiliency as like, put your head down, shut it off and keep going. Like we have to just get fucking through this. Whereas now I think that I am realizing that it is such a blessing that I have, that I naturally have the spirit of resiliency. I naturally am able to really get through some hard fucking times and, and really get deliberate in not numbing things, not feeling powerless and that I can completely get through anything that I, anything that comes my way because I'm strong. And now I have the tools in my toolbox to get through it in a healthy way, not be resilient as like barreling over it. So I think for me, I, this comes from definitely therapy um, journaling, understanding what my triggers are, understanding my numbing pattern of behaviors, right? Understanding my addiction and that leading to me understanding that, yes, I am an addict. So yes, obviously, right. Bringing a substance into the mix, I'm going to get addicted to that substance, but understanding the underlying numbing aspect of that, that, that is what behavior I'm going to reach for first instead of, okay, like, right. This happened. How do I need to get through this in the most healthy way? How can I process this? How can I sit with this? How can I feel this? You know, we are incredibly strong. I mean, the things that humanity has gone through, the things that we've put each other through and survived through, we can survive some really horrific things. We're resilient. We really are. And so I think that like understanding that about yourself, like, holy shit. I can really, I can get through this stuff and doing it in a healthy way and putting those tools in your toolbox. Okay. When something happens, what do I need? What do I need to have ready to go? Um, what outlets do I need to have on deck to prepare myself for this? Right. So I think, I think that's it. Holy shit. That's a, what those were. Um, Three guideposts. We got got a few more to get through. So that is, I'm going to wrap up the end of um, first episode in this little three-part series on all these guideposts. So we just went through 
letting go of what people think and cultivating authenticity, letting go of perfectionism and cultivating self-compassion and letting go of numbing and powerlessness and cultivating a resilient spirit. Next week, we'll go through guidepost four, six, and seven. And if you want to do this with me, which actually would be, would be really fun, um, go to BreneBrown.com uh, and you'll click on her, the gifts hub and scroll down. And there's that, um, there's a link to take this quiz. It takes a couple minutes. It's really not that long and it'll give you your results. And as I'm kind of reading through mine, right, look at yours and see where you fall in it and, you know, kind of listen to how I describe them. Um, her book, the gifts of imperfection, the 10th anniversary edition is amazing. I've read it. I've listened to it also a couple of times. Um, it's just this really, especially over the last couple of years with what everyone has been going through in the world. Uh, I think this is a really important literature to, for everyone to read right now. So I'm going to link this in the show notes for this, this three-part series. And, um, if you feel like it, right, follow along and, and, uh, do this, uh, this work with me. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you want some additional content or want to reach out to me, follow me on Instagram at remarkably underscore us. You can also check out my website, remarkablyus.com for all my blogs, information, and episode links, all on how to live your most remarkable life possible. New episodes. air every, I try for every Sunday guys. I really do, but your girl's got a lot of shit going on. Um, and I trying to post some new blogs on the site to, to keep that updated for you. Feel free to reach out to me anytime with any questions. If you think this episode would help, please share, be kind, and please never forget how wildly capable you are till next time. Bye.